Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. Hello, Ivy Church. Hello, Ivy Church. Welcome to Ivy Church. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. So over 15 years ago now, I got invited uh, through an amazing set of circumstances to go and spend a few weeks time in India, in southern India. Um, I met a remarkable man by the name of Paulos, who has planted now thousands of churches and sent out thousands of of, uh, men and women to go and start orphanages and to um, preach the gospel and plant churches all over India in some of the most hard places where they've been persecuted, where they've been uh, attacked just for being Christians. So they figure, well, we might as well be full on then and just go for it and invite people to come to know Jesus too. He himself was from a Hindu priestly background. Uh, He became a Christian. He was thrown out of his house for doing so and uh, despised by his family. Sometime later he met his wife and, uh, and through that he left Kerala, which is the area that he was kind of born and raised in. And uh, together they were praying one day and God said to him, I want you to go to a place called Rameshwaram. Now Rameshwaram is right at the southern tip of, uh, of India. There's a little island between um, Sri Lanka and the southern coast of um, of India and that's called Rameshwaram and when he first was called there there was no bridge there you had to go across in a boat and the only people who'd ever been there before Christian missionaries arrived and when they did this is Rameshwaram is the second most holy site in the world for Hindus because they say it's where the monkey god put his foot on there before he then went across to Sri Lanka incredibly holy place for Hindus so when these Christians arrived they were immediately beheaded when they began to try and tell people about Jesus. So God says to Paulos, I want you to go to Rameshwaram. He says to his wife, I'm going to go to Rameshwaram. That was a phrase where they were, which basically meant, I'm going to die. That was how it was. And she was like, what do you mean you're going to die? And he said, no, I'm actually going to go. God's called me to go to Rameshwaram. I'm going to go. I'll make it safe. Then you're pregnant. When things are sorted out, I'll send for you and bring you over here. And you can have our first baby over there. She said, no, if we're called, we're called together. I'm going to come with you. They sold everything that they had so that they could then buy one-way tickets on a boat and they had no money left. They would have to depend on God to provide for them when they landed because they they knew that if they had any money, they'd probably want to buy a return ticket. So they're just going to trust God. They arrived. The only people who would let them have any hospitality in the whole of the place was a guy who had a uh, right at the seafront. There was like a shed where they would shell prawns. And that was where his wife had their first child, their son, the first son. Um, And even then, when the baby was born, the guy said, you can't stay here, you're going to spoil the place, and kick them out. So at this point, Paulos heard that the mayor of the island was really sick in hospital. So he went to the clinic, and just like in the book of Acts, he went in and he asked to see him, and he prayed for him, and this mayor was miraculously, instantaneously healed. And he knew then that Jesus was real, so he said, you can have my house, and he gave him his house. And when I went to Paulos's house, there on the island of Rameshwaram, the guy who was the security guard who let us in at the gate used to be the mayor 
of the island. I mean, so many incredible stories from being with these people that I will never, ever forget. It kind of changed what Christianity is for me forever to have spent that time with these people. Um, and to hear these stories was, as I say, just like reading uh, the book of Acts continuing as the acts of the Holy Spirit continue. And, and what I want to remind you of and what I want to think about myself today as a look at that is that the way that God led him, the way that God guided him and protected them, even though they had such hard times, the way God spoke to him and he obeyed and they went and did something that was costly, but they trusted God. And when they did that, they saw blessings from God. And I'll tell you about some of them, just some of them that came as a result of their obedience. But it's important for us to grasp this in our year of blessing, Ivy Church. We will be blessed when we are led by God and we are in the place of his calling. We're where he wants us to be. We have to recognise this is the place where he wants us to be. He will lead us to places. He will lead us, yes, to people, but God will lead us to places. One of my favourite scriptures is in Acts when Paul says, it's God who decides the, the exact times and places where you and I should live so that we will find God and so that we'll be able to reach out to others around and they'll also find him too. We'll do that if we are open to his voice, if we're obedient to his call, if we'll just take the risks of faith to go where he wants us or to even stay when he tells us and be there for him. Because what if right now, right there, is where God wants to bless you? Whatever happens, wherever life takes you, listen to God. Why don't you pray today, just a prayer as we start this off, a prayer I've often prayed, and this has sometimes meant we've moved, but more often than not it's meant, meant we've stayed. God, we will go wherever you want. We will do whatever you want. That's what Romans 12 says is our act of worship. It's our actual laying down of our lives as a spiritual sacrifice. If you want to know if you're in the will of God, you're right in the will of God when you can pray that prayer and really mean it. Pray it again. God. Lord God, Lord's important. I will go wherever you want. I'll do whatever you want. That sounds like a dangerous prayer. It's also the safest place for you to be. It's right in the centre of God's will for your life. Not just in his permissive will, but in what Bible, the Bible says, Romans 12 goes on to say, he's good, pleasing and perfect will. So, in the place where God puts you, he wants to provide for you because blessing is place-related. We're going to see that now as we look at Genesis chapter 6, looking at the story of Isaac. Now there was a famine in the land. Besides the previous famine in Abraham's time, and Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. So this is his directions. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay in this land for a while, and I will be with you, and I will bless you. Where's he going to bless him? Where he is. Don't go down to Egypt. That ain't going to be where the blessing is. Stay where I've put you. For to you and your descendants, I will give all these lands and will confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. I'll make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and will give them all these lands. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I commanded of him, keeping my commands, my decrees and my instructions. So Isaac stayed in Gerar. It took faith for Abram to go. 
It takes faith for Isaac to stay. To stay in a hard place, to stay in a place where there's famine, to stay in a place where there's fear all around him and where actually where his enemies are too. But he stayed. Sometimes faith goes. Sometimes faith stays, even when it's hard. Egypt in the Bible, by the way, is always a picture of the world. It's the place that, you know, like not to go back to. It's, it's the way of the world as opposed to the ways of God. And there had been a famine before, it says this, so Isaac starts to act according to a formula. He, he thinks, I'll do what my dad did because my dad was a blessed man. What did he do when there was a famine? He went to Egypt. I'll go south from where I am and I'll, I'll go down towards Egypt. He's going down according to his own common sense. He's not prayed about it. He thinks, I'll leave the promised land like my father Abraham did when he went with his wife and my mum, Sarah. But then God speaks and he hears God and God will speak. God wants to speak to you. He wants to direct us and to guide us. And he listened to God. That's really key. He didn't just do what he thought. He didn't brush off the voice of God. He didn't do what common sense might have told him. He did what God said. He stayed where God had put him. He did what God told him. Right here, God says, sow the seed here, right where I've put you. Now, we know that Isaac liked to do what his dad did because we read actually how even there in that same place he goes and makes the same stupid mistake that Abraham made when he went down to Egypt. Just like Abraham had done. He got scared and he told lies about his wife and said that she was in fact his sister. When the men of that place asked him about his wife he said she's my sister because he was afraid to say she's my wife just like his dad said. He thought the men of this place might kill me on account of Rebekah because she's beautiful. When Isaac had been there a long time, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked down from a window and saw Isaac caressing his wife Rebekah. So Abimelech summoned Isaac and said, she's really your wife. Why did you say she's my sister? Isaac answered him, because I thought I might lose my life on account of her. Then Abimelech said, what is this you've done to us? One of the men might well have slept with your wife and you'd have brought guilt upon us. So Abimelech gave orders to all the people, anyone who harms this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Just to explain, Abimelech is probably a title rather than a name. So if you're thinking, wasn't it Abimelech who said the same things to Abraham? It wasn't, a, it was a title, as I say, not just a person's name. See, thankfully, God is so good, he saved both Abraham and his son Isaac from their own stupidity, from their own cowardice and foolishness. None of us can say that we've followed God perfectly, can we? This is why we all need Jesus. This is why you and me and everybody, we all need a saviour. God saved Isaac from going to the wrong place, from doing, from, from, well, he didn't actually save him from doing the wrong thing. Even though he went to the wrong, he stayed in the right place, he did the wrong thing. But he saved him from the consequences of it, because, as we read on from that, because he spoke to Abimelech and it could have been a lot worse. How many times has God saved us from our own foolishness? Thank God for, for that. Where you are now, think maybe something will come to mind. And, and if you feel guilty, don't feel guilty, just thank God for his grace that he's rescued you and that he's helped you and he's brought you to today. God saved Isaac when he did the wrong thing, even though he was in the right place. And then, 
When he was in the right place, God told Isaac what the right thing to do was. So, Paulos is in his house. He's got the house that the mayor has given to him. Uh, yet he's surrounded by enemies. They literally are throwing rocks through the windows at him because the, the, there's these Christians who've come now and they've got this great big house. And the Hindu people around there are furious and they're trying to smash the windows. So what they did was, they, they, they didn't retaliate, they took the rocks and they put them in the centre of the room and they would pray for everybody who had brought, even if they didn't know who they were or not, they pray that God would speak to them and bless them and be kind to them and show his love to them. That's how they treated their enemies. And then weeks went by and then finally they got one person after another coming and saying, please talk to me about Jesus because I've started to have dreams about Jesus or, or since I threw the rock through your window I've not been able to sleep and I had a dream where, where uh, a man came and told me that I should go to your house and you would tell me how I could sleep again and so they started to lead more and more of these people, their enemies, to Jesus and then one night he himself, Paulos, has a dream and in the dream um, he, 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 uh, he sees that he's in his back garden and he's got a shovel and he's digging and he's told to dig because there's gold in his back garden. And God says, go and dig in your back garden because there's gold in the back garden. So he, next morning he got up early and he started to dig in his back garden and people are saying to him, what are you doing? Why are you digging in your back garden? And he just carries on, doesn't listen to them, dig, 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 goes quite a way down and guess what happens? On this little island surrounded by sea, he strikes fresh water. The one place on the island where there's fresh water just happens to be in his back garden. And suddenly, Paulos becomes the richest man on Rameshwaram because everybody has to come to him for water from his well. Verse 12, this year shows how God can supply us and how uh, no matter what's going on in the world, we can be blessed by God. Isaac planted crops in that land and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. If you're an underliner and a highlighter, I'd be all over that verse if I were you in my Bible. The man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. How did that happen? Was it miracle seed? Maybe, God can do that. But you still have to plant it. It still took faith for him to do what God said. You have to plant in faith if you're ever going to reap with joy. And you have to plant what he tells you, when he tells you, where he tells you. You can't just plant something somewhere and hope God blesses it. Listen to him. He's got ideas, he's got strategies, he's got ways for us to be blessed and to be a blessing. It must have taken great faith in famine for Isaac to do this. You know, everybody's hungry right now. You're going to want to hold on to your seed. You don't want to scatter it, but you know what? You know, as I was praying into this and as I, as I, as I thought about that, I thought, well, how did that seed grow? And as you read on, you find that Isaac and his shepherds are just going around digging uh, wells and everywhere they go, they're being blessed. And I thought, well, what was it? And in the end, the, the answer is because of the covenant, because of the promise of God. God remembers his promises. God had promised I'm going to bless you. I was going to, I'm going to bless your father. I'm going to bless you and you're going to be a blessing. And he believed the covenant. He believed that God would bless him. The battle's always for your faith. It isn't because he deserved it more than anybody else. It isn't because necessarily he worked harder than anybody else. 
It was simply because God promised it and he believed it and so he saw the blessing. And, and before long, all of his enemies are seeing and they're starting to fight with him over it and contending with him over, over all of these blessings. He's got too much going on because he's going around, he's starting to move around, he's digging wells. And actually, maybe that was one good thing that perhaps came out of Egypt from Abraham going down there because he would have seen the Nile and how from the Nile they irrigated out from there and were able to, to water the land from the Nile. So perhaps something of Isaac's strategy comes from his dad saying to him, here's what you do when you, when you, when you get wells so that then you can water the land and irrigate it and grow it. And I don't know if that, that's what's happening, but what I do know is if you're in the right place, doing the right thing, God will find a way. He'll give you ideas, he'll give you ways for you to be able to be blessed and to be a blessing. And, and he went around digging up wells. I won't read all of them, but, but, uh, but what happened was he, could, he, would, he would dig a well, his enemies would come and try and fill it in. But nothing stopped the blessing. They said, verse 16, you've become too powerful for us. That's actually like a king talking. So he, he moves on. He doesn't want to fight anybody. He settled, it says, in Gerar, but they opposed him. So he called the well there Esek, which means dispute. There's a dispute. What does it do? Does he carry on arguing? No, he moved on. He moves on. He's staying in the same area. He's still in the same place, but he moves on. Some, there's, maybe there's somebody watching and you're wondering, you're still in a dispute. Move on. Move on. You don't have to stay in that place. You don't have to stay stuck in that place. Maybe God's word to you today is, move on. You know, get over it because you're not going to be able to get on with your life while you're still arguing about that thing that happened in the past. You, you won't prosper, even if you're in the right place, if you're in the wrong frame of mind, if you're still holding on to that dispute. So he moved on, and then he says they quarrelled over the next well, and so he called it sitna, which means opposition. See, if we're somebody who loves opposition, if, we, if you're like that, got that kind of spirit that loves a fight, that, that loves to, to, you know, to have a fallout with somebody and to hold a grudge, it's only going to get harder and harder for you. You're not actually achieving anything by that. Move on. Move on. That's how God is going to bless you. And then it says that he dug another well and he called that one Rehoboth, which means room. It's like, now I've got plenty of room. Saying, now the Lord has given us room and we will flourish in the land. What a blessing it is to flourish. It's one of my favourite words, flourish. You know the word, the name Anthony means flourishing. While I was there in India, uh, in the place that I'd been invited to come and speak, which was being, being built at the time, Paulos then got a dream to build a 10,000 seat auditorium in the, in the second most holy place for Hindus, so that as they come down on their pilgrimage, they will see this amazing Christian church that he's building together with, with, uh, with others there. And he invited me to, to open up the prayer room, and Paulos's wife, she doesn't speak any English and has been interpreted through by their son. But uh, my name, Anthony, by the way, means flourishing. That's what it means. I just found that out only a little while before. But his, his wife is praying for me. And, uh, and then she, said, and she says, my mum says that as she sees you, there's something happening. Where you go, there's water that's pouring out everywhere you go. Wherever you go, you're pouring out water. And the word, the word that she says is over your life. The word that's written over your life is, is there a word? flourishing. 
And I'm like, yes, there is. That's my name. I don't know what your name means, but I like my name. It means flourishing. So you might have had problems. You might have had people against you. You might have had hatred. You may have had opposition. You may have had, you name it. But God can find a place to bless you. If you stay there and stick at it with the right attitude, if you move on, in a sense, from the whole, the things that might tie you up and hold you back. If you dig in, if you listen to him, if he tells you to go, go, if he tells you to stay, really stay, and, and blessings are prepared for you in there, because blessings are place-related. And God can bless a hundredfold. That's a massive return. There's nothing better than that on the stock market or anything else. So don't give up. Dig deeper. Sow some seed. Wait. Don't fight people. Don't fight flesh and blood. Trust God and wait and you will see. See, the interesting thing, when, when Paulos came to dig the foundations out for this big church that they decided that they were going to this massive church because everything that he would always say is when revival comes to India everything he did was based upon when revival comes to India so he bought this scrap land that nobody else wanted this horrible bit of land really cheap um, big parcel of land to dig out the foundations and when he dug they'd only been digging a little way guess what happened fresh water came up a lake which he owns. So now on the whole of this island there are two places that have fresh water and he owns them both. Our God can bless you. Our God wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing. See so as you continue I'll ask you to invite you to read through the rest of the story yourself because of time but why don't you do that today at some point just to read it and pray it through because what happens then it says that even the people who opposed him come and, and they're saying, we want a treaty with you. We want to make a treaty with you because um, we can see there's something incredible going on. You've got God with you. Wouldn't it be amazing if the people, even the people who might oppose you, people who might say, what, you're a Christian or you've got a church or you're mad or why, you know, that they would see a blessing this year in your life. Something so wonderful. I'm not just talking about material. I don't know what it would look like, but they would see what it looks like, that you are a blessed man. You're a blessed woman. You're a, a blessed young person. You are blessed of the Lord and that you are being a blessing. It will be visible in some way, that blessing that comes from you. That they would see that we are a people who are blessed by the Lord. So Lord, I pray for everybody listening today that we, you will activate our faith. Lord, that we will say to you today, if you want us to go somewhere, we'll go. But if you really want us just to stay where we are and to sow where we are, Lord, to do so in faith and expectation and not in fear, which would cancel it out, but in faith to sow something that is saying, we trust you. We're here. In this place, we will be blessed by you. And Lord, that we would do that knowing that you're able to give a hundredfold blessing for everything that we sow. Because, Lord, you are a mighty, miracle-working God. And you love us and you trust us. And you want to bless me so that I can be a blessing to others. Lord, if you could do that with one man and his wife in one of the most terrible, dangerous places on earth, and that you would make that into a place of abundant blessing, I know you can do it where I am now, in this year of blessing. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.